0: Hey guys, uh,
1: this is episode 17 of the Grindworks podcast. Uh, this is the first episode that we're recording not in my apartment on, you know, the the proper, as I'm going to call it, setup uh, with two cameras, the microphone, um, you know, proper lighting and everything. This episode was recorded with a uh, H1 Zoom mic and a couple lapel mics, so uh, it's the first one we've done like this, it's uh, inspired by the setup that Chris was actually using in the last episode, he he brought it along, it's what he's recording his Polyver podcast with, we um, should check those out, but we, you know, we haven't been able to take this podcast on the road, so to speak, so i was spending a few days up in new york uh visiting family doing some other stuff and was able to squeeze a couple podcasts in because i purchased this mic setup so uh without further ado this is the interview with cameron turan uh he's a part of grindworks he's the other owner of grindworks Um, Puts on a lot of the back end work for the the Binghamton Jam, you know, you'll see him around up there riding and everything and uh, You know if if you're around up there and you're not riding with cam you should probably hit him up and you'll probably get you know free stickers and uh, You guys can smash pegs off things together or if you're pegless um, you're also welcome to hang out and do cool things so uh this one's a little bit interesting uh kind of long obviously there's no visual aspect aside from the intro outro as these are recorded here in the apartment um I don't know i'm I'm excited to see where we go with more of these audio ones beyond uh episodes seventeen and probably eighteen but anyway, that was long winded for for saying without further ado before, so, uh, enjoy. Okay. Uh, we are sitting here in Cameron's garage. What's up? Um, I feel lost not being like in the, what, what I would call proper studio space where we're like, you know, formally set with the cameras and the lights and everything and like i guess i'm just comfortable and used to it right and having this portable recorder is a little bit weird to me but so i'm in my comfort zone and you're out of your comfort zone (laughs) yeah but i mean we all know that even though i pretend i don't like to talk i can just go and go and go so oh yeah i know (laughs) and i'm not the same yeah so um We will end up recording an interview, like a, not an interview, but like an intro and an outro for this when I have the comfort of my home studio and that I've been doing it to avoid the like, like comment, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. I hate, hate the YouTube personality idea. Oh man. Because I'm not a YouTube personality. We're just dudes doing dude stuff with bikes involved. Yeah. But, um yeah I'm also not not used to being able to see how long I've been recording you don't have
2: that at your home setup
1: so at the home setup I've got my computer on my left and it wraps around so I'm actually facing away from my computer while we're recording the interview huh and it makes it a little bit annoying in the sense that like 20 minutes in every time I'm like oh god are we actually recording right (laughs) <laughs> Did I not hit that start happened? on this?
2: Has that happened yet? No.
1: No, no, it hasn't. Um. It would have if I was doing it, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's the same setup I use for like streaming and stuff, so I'm kind of used to it. And I at least let it count to five before I even turn over and like, oh, hey. Right. So it's not like I don't know that it's recording but you still second guess it every time right um i think you know all about that because we're gonna get back we're gonna just dive right into the little intricacies but thinking back to the bc bikes days how many times did you drive back to the shop to (laughs) to check that the door was locked all the time yeah
2: i would ride i would ride home and then turn right back around and ride a couple miles back just (laughs) check and see if i locked the door maybe once a week
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. once a week for how many years did you work there oh god oh god had to have been like seven yeah age? it was
2: seven something yeah
1: yep it's seven years once a week you'd ride like three or four miles now no it was just down the rail trail it's only a hair over two right yeah but there, right? One. well eight, yeah right. four miles round trip just to check that the door that you know you already locked And pulled on it for five minutes before you left. Yeah. Yep. But better be safe than sorry. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and then you'd have ridden all the way back, and I'd be like, did you lock that door, Cam?
2: It It was the days that I did it two times in the same day that we had to worry about. No, i'm just kidding i didn't go back yeah go yeah. home go back again and then say shit did i lock it and then go back again yeah no because you
1: remember the trip riding back
2: right yeah i'm just kidding
1: yeah no but <laughs> i figure that that's like a good segue into real discussion there because we were talking about it with me recording so right um uh anyone that is real familiar with grindworks already knows who cam is He's the guy who yells at you about your plastic pegs and scooters at the skate park and, mm. and at all the jams and yeah, it's making right. fun of you. Right. But um, what you don't know is that neither of us really care and it's kind of just all fun, kind of. Yep, definitely, pretty much. You know, I mean, do we like plastic pegs that much? Nope.
2: <laughs> do we like scooters that much? Nope. But do we care? Not really.
1: Do, do we like the people that ride them no yeah. <laughs> right no.
2: no no some of them you know it doesn't matter that's that's just a, it's just yeah. an inside it's a real big inside joke and whether that took off with other people too that that related <coughs> or had whatever their own you know i'm referring to the fuck scooter sticker basically what, what this yeah, what, yeah. what this delved right over into was the fuck scooter sticker which was mm-hmm. uh awesome sticker and uh yeah, it but was a controversial th- sticker for what scooter kids and parents i don't well, know
1: well our original joke was that it should say little kids but you can't make that sticker right because i mean you could and you might sell a whole bunch of them but it's not the demographic you want right, right. so um yeah i mean it just turned into scooters but yeah it was funny when we were like brand new out of the gate and then that sticker got big and we're like uh right uh terrible
2: yeah i mean geez i still get honestly i still get like i don't know backlash or clout or whatever you want to call it over it you know like whether i'm at the racetrack i mean i still have it on the back of my truck but Mm -hmm. on my back window but anyways whether i'm at the racetrack and somebody i know is talking about you know they have a, a kid and they're like oh they just don't want them to be around grindworks or whatever because of the 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 cursing or whatever you know or like because we have two stickers that have you know <laughs> curse words in them that, oh boy you know but anyways uh
1: <laughs> yeah but you know you can't appeal to everyone and if you try to you'll appeal to no one right
2: and what what the fuck i'm i mean excuse me but what have that's not no, that's care. not about what we're trying to do to appeal to everyone. You know what I'm saying? No, that's, we're that's... trying to
1: do what we like right. and then that's it is what it is from there. Right. Um, the funny thing is this area got super butthurt and and by this area I'm talking about like the the Binghamton, New York scene. Right. Got super butthurt about that sticker and no one liked it. I mean a lot of the people liked it, but it it was pretty cutting. Right. As far as like people were either into it or they thought you were a douchebag. Right. And then down in Pittsburgh, the people that, the most people that had that were scooter kids. They all wanted it because yeah. they thought it was so funny to have that sticker on their scooter. Right. And I don't know what the deal was, but they were just like, yeah, man, of course it's kind of lame and it's corny, but it's fun. Right. And, like, we're all here for fun. And, like, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, they, like, got it. So it was funny to to see the difference that there were dudes repping that sticker on scooters. Right. In Pittsburgh. And then serious issues over it up here.
2: Yeah. Yep. Well, I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, we didn't need to justify it. You know what I'm saying? We didn't no. need to justify it.
1: No, but you know what it actually becomes a problem with is, like, you sit here and especially... So, I'm going to backtrack for a second. Where I was going with the initial comment is that a lot of you know Cam uh, through the Grindworks page, through any of that. Uh, unless you're just tuning into to, like, your first podcast ever, or I guess any of only the podcasts and not checked out social media, anything like that. But Cam is one of the founders of Grindworks with myself... And our buddy Sam, who uh, we thought was going to be here tonight, but that that fell through. And, uh, you know, life happens, whatever. So, anyway, um, a lot of you guys know Cam from Grindworks, different stuff locally. What a lot of you that follow Grindworks don't know is that Cam is not from the Binghamton area. Cam grew up in Arizona, so... This is where I'm going with that comment. Is growing up in Arizona, there's a lot of parks that don't allow bikes, Jeez. and there's there's a lot of skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, brief interruption there. I uh, that that was. <laughs> Locked and loaded right now. Oops. Uh, air compressor just turned on on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> just Both of us were like, what up. the Almost, heck? Yeah. I just totally wasn't expecting it. Um, anyway, so th- there's a lot of skateboarder BMXer beef out that way with parks and like not being allowed. Yeah. So the, the other problem that that sticker caused is that you're promoting the thing that you hate. Right. Which is skateboarders hating on bikes, so how can we as bike riders hate on scooters because, like, really, what are we doing? So, like, that kind of came into why that sticker is is no longer a thing. Right. And, I mean, that's the only thing that, that was kind of, like, had to be justified about it was, like, how can you have the sticker and and not be okay with the like skateboard bmx issues right so i don't know i mean we don't have to justify i've heard that
2: issue yeah i've heard that issue uh somebody brought that issue to my attention on social media one time but i don't even think i replied i just because sticker's funny to me i don't care yeah
1: yeah (laughs) well and and again you had we had scooter kids repping that sticker so
2: yeah, i literally was like I don't remember who it was, but I was at work, which was the bike shop, and I was talking to somebody making an order or doing something. I don't know if it was getting ready for the jam or, or one of the jams years ago, but they were somewhere far off that I was like, wow, they, they're they like, we got to talking and the Grindworks came up and they're like, oh man, I have,
1: I have that sticker on my bike or whatever,
2: man, I love that sticker, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you know, it was cool. It was I thought cool. it was
1: like a Sunday or Odyssey, wasn't it? I, I, I think like, it, was. Remember I th- it was. I think it was. I'm that. pretty
2: sure it was it was Odyssey, right? And it was down in Austin anyway, so it was like... And yeah. we have buddies down in Austin, so I mean, you know. But it was still cool at that point. That was earlier back on, you know, so it was like... It was cool to hear the dude at Odyssey be like, Oh, yeah, man, that sticker's badass, you know? like Some people got it, some people didn't. Some people were scooter kids that got real butthurt about it, and some people... Didn't care either way, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. And some people, see, the other problem with it, I guess, and then we can, like, kill the discussion yeah. on it, is that some people really were into it. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't that they thought it was <laughs> yeah, funny. it was like a freaking like, a Nazi group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, come on, man, like, you're, you're taking that, it has our name on it, and then you're gonna go act belligerent towards people? Like, right. Now it's a different game. Right. The other thing that was annoying about that sticker, everyone quote-unquote loved it. No one wanted to pay for it, which is stickers in general. Yeah. But the problem was it had... Grindworks was kind of like an offshoot, the way it was die-cut. And people were cutting Grindworks off, which if you pay for the sticker, I don't care what you do with it. If we give you the sticker for free and you cut our name off of it, like... Right. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty lame. Now, I, I'm i not name dropping who was doing that because I, I watched a couple people do it.
2: Oh, yeah. I've seen, you know, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I've seen, I've done it with other stickers and t- tweaked the letters around, you know. We've had people make funny sayings out of the fuck scooter sticker and stuff like that. You know, yeah. you've done it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh yeah, I
1: know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, we can do whatever we want. They're our stickers. Right. We paid for them. <laughs> yeah, they just gave away thousands of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we we do that anyway. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we we got stickers. We got to order. I was supposed to order them a while ago and didn't do it. Oh, I know. I know that story. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we all know just stuff comes up. and. Yep. More pressing things. We actually were we. I think by the time we got the designs all like squared away, or even ninety nine percent there, we had missed our ordering window to hit the jam we were trying to get them for. Oh yeah, yep. So I was trying to get them for something at the wheel mill. Maybe winter welcome. That's because we it was. we co sponsored that one jam. Yep. Yeah, and I we missed the window to order them, so then it slipped right and uh I guess we gotta come back around to it because we got we we haven't announced the dates yet I haven't made the flyers but we have at least two jams coming up this year
2: yeah yep coming up real soon like real soon
1: maybe someone can hijack one of them this year and call it their own yeah right <laughs> oh boy so we're supposed to be three last year and uh three happened but I mean, we were not affiliated with the third one, and it is what it is. We're not going to blow that out of proportion here. Yeah, yeah. Because we could. Right. So. Uh, it is what it is. Oh, you know, always <laughs>
2: things going on like that, and in the ins and outs of this, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and, you, you know, we're, theoretically, we're nobodies, so. Definitely. What's it matter to step on us and push us out of the way? Right. And I don't think the I don't think the people that were supposed to be involved originally are the ones that did it. That's what it was. I, so, I mean, we do know that much, you know. So so is, that that's also why you know we won't even continue down that road. Yeah.
2: So what well, we did do a little. We did do just a session slash jam type thing up there in Utica, which was sweet. out yeah, here On my I, side, I
1: yeah. wasn't able to make that out, so I forgot about that. So. Uh, shout out to Mitch for hooking that up with, with Cam and letting everyone use their his spot.
2: Yeah, that was a nice that that is a good setup he's got going out there. Yeah.
1: Does he still have it? I I haven't really seen anything from it in a minute. So. I haven't either. I
2: don't know. I'll have to let us know.
1: <laughs> Mitch, if you're, if you happen to be listening, we haven't bored you already with our like random banter before we get into real chat here uh let us know if you still have your your little indoor spot
2: little fuck man well yeah yeah you private indoor place. spot yeah
1: or uh yeah i don't know what the details were with that but yeah it's uh dunlop tire factory that is huge and he's then there was you know
2: but you know that's private spot so anyways yeah. we can let whatever <laughs> wants
1: to be disclosed about that yeah yeah not our deal to blow it on. i mean no one's getting in anyway without right. him so right but yeah shout out to mitch because that's a sweet spot you've got going and hopefully yeah, uh hopefully you're open to having us all back definitely even yeah. though i wasn't able to make it yeah um all right so arizona mm. a lot different yeah a lot different <laughs> Uh, what do you miss about it? Cause I know you got a lot of riding history from back there mm-hmm. and you weren't even really riding BMX when you moved up here. Mm-mm. So like, what was your, uh, not necessarily origin story because most likely it's the same as everyone else's as like started jumping off curbs, got into other stuff, unless it's different than that and then go into it. But it's, it's
2: pretty much that, you know, I mean, really young, you know, Um, uh, my dad was into that kind of stuff, you know, like your dad was into that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, also, so just always had bikes from a young age taken care of with that, and uh, it really probably started, though, like big time, I used to be probably like sixth grade you know, and like, uh, I had skated a lot, so, so for a long time I skated, and I can skate or whatever, uh, for the most part, you know, but, um, it really started when I probably got, like, my first mid-school bike now, but to back then it was like a not, you know, because I started riding on, like, (coughs) thrift store mongooses like Californians or like old school mongooses you know and like diamondbacks and whatever whatever we found at yard sales and thrift stores and stuff like that you know but the neighbor across the street had a Haro Zippo which was a sweet bike for me anyways back then you know um four pegs and gyro and front brakes and everything you know bright yellow (laughs) the full kit (laughs) yeah bright yellow uh chrome plated pegs um, God, I think, yeah, i ended up with four piece bars, whether it came with it or not, you know, like Mira <laughs> bars, but knee savers, right? Uh, but, uh, um, yeah. anyways, uh, that is when it started to be, you know, but I, I always, like you said, when you said earlier, skate parks back then, especially was just skate parks, you know, rollerblades and skateboards and uh those guys would just give you a hard time whether it was them themselves giving you a hard time chasing you out of there the group of them or just getting whatever park rangers or police were involved in you know the area you know so it was just uh and i remember skate parks just being a big pain you know so i rode street you know a lot that's what i did and i lived probably uh let's see Four or five miles away from one of the most famous spots in, I think of in Arizona, you know, which is Sossman Canals, which is where that uh, big canal hip is at and the, like, fly out with the subrail type thing or whatever that everybody goes, you know, just every single major West Coast video part has mm-hmm. a clip there pretty much from the Big previous, bank to walls. Right, all the bank to walls and everything like that and big giant... Uh, sub boxes and stuff like that of these big concrete structures that are in these canal systems that are all dried up you know uh, so me and my neighborhood buddies you know we would just venture off to Sossman as much as possible or there was also crazy trails you know like uh, this one place was called Sanguini some people I don't know if anybody from Arizona that used to ride listens to this, Sanguini Trails, those were. I can't even. In our area, I can't think of anything to compare them to because, like, if you think of Endwell, if you've ever been to Endwell in our area, the jumps were, like, easily two to three, you know, two times that, you know? And I was younger, so there's always that, you know, looking yeah. back and, like, yeah, <laughs> they scale right? way up in your right. head. But they were giant giant, you know, like
1: well, all right, but to compare the two, you're in Arizona, so you've got dry rock hard running jumps versus like the the river clay, and it's all super soft, even when it's packed, it's still soft and runs kind of slow, right, um you know, except for like the best summer days right. then then you'll be uh running pretty slow there.
2: Right. Safety meeting uh two seconds. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I figured you're just gonna go for it, but <laughs> yeah, he's feeling a little bit unsafe during this discussion here. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but but yeah, that's that's a big deal when you're talking about like of course they'll probably be bigger because you're looking at the speed with which you can run them too
2: oh definitely, yeah, uh, it is dry out there that's no joke, but um skate parks, yeah, you know eventually, and like now they're all open, you know what I'm saying they're all open to bikes out there, I think, but
1: uh, I mean there was a pretty big movement by like that was it? it was like redondo BMX or red endo or something like that pushed pretty hard. But from like the East coast perspective, you know, we saw their website. I don't know if it was like one dude trying to take credit for, for a lot of the movement that was happening or if they were really pushing and behind it. So, I I mean, I don't really know. I can't put two cents in on that. You know what park I miss?
2: Oh my gosh from mesa where i lived at where we lived me and my buddies friends anyways um we used to drive to metro center which was a big mall and uh it was probably an hour away so back then when we just barely got our license or whatever you know that was kind of like a distance you know like uh maybe a little bit more than an hour but anyways it was a vans park inside the mall you know and that was like we would be driving there, you know, and that was a park that, you you paid, and it was a vans park, so it didn't you know bikes were allowed, you know, so that was always an awesome park with a real vert ramp and really you know legitimate bowl and big big huge street section, you know, but uh, that closed down like so many skate parks, you know, just
1: indoor parks, man. I don't know. I mean, how how is an indoor park viable in a climate like that? And it's it's not like a rhetorical question. It's serious because um it is like indoor parks in the northeast are dead when it's nice out. Right. And the only reason they stay open is booming winter months. So I mean i know that you've got like in the dead of the summer during the day you pretty much can't be outside because it's 130 degrees and right you'll die yep but uh i mean I, i can't imagine being inside a warehouse building would be better than that
2: well no, that was inside a mall, you know what I'm saying? So it was better. There's
1: <laughs> an air-conditioned and everything.
2: Yeah, like, you know, imagine, like, a Penney's or a Macy's that's just gutted, you know, and it's a big two-story skate park, you know, or, mm-hmm. like, well, you, you had to go up stories to get to, like, the bowl level or whatever, you know what I'm saying, but, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, and that's, that's where, like, because there's a lot of riders from out there, too, you know what I'm saying, so and I, growing up, I really didn't, I was, I rode street, and I was interested in what me and my buddies were doing a lot, you know what I'm saying, like, sure, we watched videos and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying, but it wasn't like, I was just focused on what we were doing, and I had friends that, like today, but back then, were just crazy talented, you know what I'm saying, and still are, you know, but like, so that's what I, you know, uh, yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, what was your I know you had like one buddy, I think the name was Johnny or something, that's still out there killing it. Yeah,
2: like he I stuff mean like we grew up. I remember when he was on his like what a red line triple X or something like that, you know, probably when I had the Zippo, you know? So like that's and he 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 Johnny Harnish, yeah, he builds a bunch of trails up there. There's a bunch of like mountain bike parks and, like, cool stuff up there since I've been there, you know, and he does, like, uh, indoor skate parks that he built, he's a ramp builder, basically, you know, Mm -hmm. and does uh, furniture that is in the style of ramps and stuff like that, kind of cool stuff. That's awesome. But he is, yeah, he's, he's actually an Iowa guy, too, you know what I'm saying, so you know that Team Iowa or whatever, right? Yeah. Back in the day, he was part, or, like, buddies with them and stuff like that cool but i haven't seen him or rode you know i'm saying with him in like yeah years 15 years probably yeah right but uh who was it like i would remember being at like vans and casey badger would be there you know like uh ripping it up you know and like i worked at a shop back then you know like because i started working at my first bike shop and Two thousand three. Now you know, so riding back then, and uh, there was a guy Elliot Hart. He doesn't ride anymore, but he was one of the neighborhood superheroes, pretty much. You know, like just naturally talented. You know, uh, yeah. And then I moved out here, and uh,
1: you liar! You're fast forwarding. You're in uh, San Diego for a while. San Diego, yeah. My bike
2: got <laughs> stolen in San Diego, right? Yeah. And I was kind of skating in San Diego. Now, and... how
1: how long were you actually in San Diego? Because, like, I know you've talked about both, and uh, my, my impression is that San Diego is actually a relatively short stint.
2: Was. It was. Yeah, it was. I moved to San Diego probably from, like, 15 to 17, you know, like, really short stint, yeah. And, uh... Then moved back to Arizona, and uh that well, at that point, I think I started working back at the bike shop again, and I was riding and everything like that that was that was more up to the point to where I quit riding approximately two thousand six two thousand seven range, you know for quite a while, yeah, to where I was getting at just you know where yeah, I was getting yeah. at when I moved out here and uh you know, um, very shortly after moving out here, the first job that I got was, of course, at a bike shop, so. Uh.
1: And you stole one of the locals' bikes? <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, oh my
2: God, that is another story, yeah. Holy cow, Adam, yeah. Oh my gosh, you know. The guy came into the bike shop one day, and I knew of who this guy was. I recognized his vehicle and kind of rec- knew knew of who he was through... Someone that I knew, but anyways, he had a bike and it was a FBM Capone, built FBM Capone. And he tried to sell it at the shop and the boss there didn't want to buy it. And so I asked and I'm like, well, can I just buy it, you know, and I didn't have a bike and I bought it and, uh, sure enough stolen, you know, but turns out that it was basically through the grapevine, somebody that we all knew pretty much, you know, um, and he got it back, you know, a little altercation, altercation there, I didn't want to give it up, (laughs) because I paid the guy for it, and I gave, you know, I said, well, you know, this is who I bought it from, and that kid ended up being at the party, (sighs) they're like, oh, the the group of guys that came to my house to take care of it, and get the bike back, were like, oh man, he was at the party the night that that bike came up missing, you know what I'm saying, and he's a shady, shady freaking guy, you know, so that makes total sense, you know, Mm -hmm. but we settled it, and he got his bike back, and then years later, <laughs> ended up <laughs> yeah, hopefully being cool. I'm cool with him. I see him out and about and stuff. He's one of the local shredders around here that is doesn't ever really ride, but so that's why he's underrated because he's never <laughs> seen or rides really.
1: Well way back in the day, they like he and some other dudes had their own crew out in Newark Valley, Newark Valley Evolution. And they had, like, a full-length DVD they put out and and a bunch of stuff. So, like, there was a little bit of coverage. And they had a good scene out there. Um, And then, you know, people just get older. You know how it goes. Everyone just drifts off. And, you know, there's a couple of those dudes that are still out riding. uh, Adam, Andy. Andy was gone for a while. uh, And he's back in it now see him riding around Binghamton every now and then when I'm in town. Right. But, uh, usually rides the other way and you're like, oh, okay. Well, it's good chatting, but I, I don't know. I think he just kind of likes to cruise on his own now. And it is right. what it is. I, I can relate to that. Right. So when I met you, you were on a 26 inch dirt jumper. Yeah. yeah. And you worked at... <laughs> The bike shop that like n- i mean lots of people shop there but no one in the area knows why they shop there <laughs>
2: not, not only that like uh how many of your friends have been through the ringer at that place pretty much uh-huh. <laughs> you know? most friends of them. people you know i mean basically friends pretty much yeah
1: well yeah and then there's there's a problem with that because every single time you're like man forget that place like i hate this place (laughs) then a new friend is working there and it's like (sighs) right all right man i'll come by and like support your business again right right but it it sucked because like sure every shop manager he's ever had turns out to be like a pretty cool dude and every employee has for one reason or another actually ridden bmx yet the shop won't support bmx and, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, you know, I mean, we've had
2: this discussion, oh, so many times, you know what I'm saying? Throughout the years, we've just, I've vented to you and we've discussed it, you know what I'm saying? And we've gone over it and it's just a lost cause, you know, uh, yeah. the, you know, uh, so many bike shops close and go out of business and that. Is essentially what that place has done so many years ago you know I I wasn't even around when that place was still a legitimate business pretty much unfortunately you know Mm -hmm. back when it had any kind of profit or anything when they
1: had two locations that were managed and ran separately but interchanged you know stock and whatnot Right. right and yeah I mean it's just disappointing but the bottom line was like every time someone cool started working there and you're like trying you want to support them and keep them employed there but at the same time you're like i don't want my money going to this guy that's running the shop right right yeah. so it was always like a, a tough spot to be in
2: this area you know i mean when i was done with that when when that whole place Came to an end, you know, that mm-hmm. whole situation. Uh, you know, I ended up really heavily considering, and basically, uh, between this old man that actually had a bike shop, Bucks Bikes, in, in Binghamton, um, on a property they lived at for a hundred years, I got all of his tooling you know and his park tool stands and i i mean i i outfitted myself to pretty much go at it myself you know and and open up some location or uh start from my own garage location even you know which i was doing for a while i was i was i was bringing in some you know um. i mean
1: you had you had a loyal customer base via your social media following so right Right. like it you know it's kind of like if you have a mechanic for your car you've gone to forever, and he he moves from shop A to shop B, like, are you cool with some random person at shop A is still working on your car, or are you just gonna take it to the guy you know and trust at shop B now?
2: Right, right. Well, yeah. So I definitely had I definitely had loyal people follow me, and and uh, but uh, where I was getting at. Oh, then I so I got the tooling from him. I got all kinds of stuff from him, and then I hcs goes you know and mm-hmm. so then i got all of that stuff you know from i basically cons- uh, liquidated all of hcs's inventory from bikes and uh was just going to do my own thing and this that, that area was all
1: consigned to you right consigned, at that point right yeah, right, so, yeah.
2: so i mean I, I i took uh possession of that and then we had an agreement written out and wrote out you know mm-hmm. uh to really fair agreement super easy you know super easy fair Derek was, like, the most easiest, flexible person to work with in that regard, you know? Yeah. But, um, but it's the area, you know? I mentioned it in the beginning of this whole part of the conversation that we're at right now, you know? It's that this area is not deductive of that business, you know? I mean, uh, so... I decided to go to a regular nine to five, you know what I'm saying, which coincidentally is, was still in bikes, you know, and that same f- uh, following still followed me, you know what I'm saying? So,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. So are you are working on all your, your same customer stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. At-
2: they followed me right to where I'm at, which is a big box store, which sells bikes, you know, so
1: you're a sellout. Yeah it's a local no, big box store. You're, you're <laughs> not though because you have a family and stuff. You have to take care of like yourself and your family, you know. At 15 you can sit there and call yourself a sellout if you wanted to, but right. At yeah. at in your 30s like are you or are you making ends meet because I feel
2: like the excuse again is this area, you know. I mean, look at we have a, a few other bike shops. We have we have Babcock's which has two guys, the owner and one other guy, and they've got it covered. That's what it, you, that's what you need for a bike it, shop around here. And they they get a seasonal college kid or something like that a couple of times a year, maybe or whatever mm-hmm. you know. And a bookkeeper, you know, that that'll work. But uh, then we have uh, a newer one, the bike rack. And I know both of those guys over there, you know, and, and especially the guy that's where's heading, that at? That's that's uh the hockey shop. Hockey okay, shop, okay, oh, which is yep. over there by uh, BCC on Front Street, right? Oh, I
1: forgot they moved out of Endicott. Yeah, like a long time ago, yeah. actually. Yep, they're across from the that uh, <coughs> college over there. But anyways, they
2: so they've got it covered. I know them. You know, there's another bike shop with uh, Aero Cyclery. <laughs> this like mm-hmm. I don't know how that place keeps going, and it's just the same woman that's been running it for a hundred years that handles it. You know. Um, flooded multiple times and stuff like that, you know, and I hear crazy funny yeah. stories about that place, you know, like whatever, getting handlebars there and draining the water out from the flood still or whatever you know, like just you know, but there <laughs> people find stuff there too, finds of like new old stock of of stuff because it's an old old place that lady has yeah. Long story short, all the bike shops are covered in this area, you know? And, yeah, I do have kids and a family, and I do got to do what Yeah,
1: and it. your little garage shop wasn't going to pull that in. Right. Especially based off of the inventory that you... Oh, it was... It you was, were allowed to keep, and then what, what a lot of people don't know is if your garage is attached to your house, most companies won't sell to you. Yep. You have but to have a detached... Garage, road front garage for it to be considered a separate business
2: right so there was that which my my house my garage was attached you know but even though i was on a main main street pretty much you know with with, mm-hmm. with that and whatnot but uh no i had we i had serious meetings with with Derek, our friend Derek nelson and his dad who's a big time developer and everything like that you know um about uh these storage containers that they're doing these projects in you know and how we were going to turn one of those into a bike shop where it could be mobile and put into you know leased on different people's property or whatever you know and put and used but and Derek's dad was gonna Bruce was gonna uh fund portion of that and everything like that you know but uh, you know I didn't I just didn't take that risk, you know. I mean, I needed to put <laughs> food on the table already, you know. Yeah, yeah. And this area I, I go back to the same statement of this area, you know. It's the same thing with this area that I that is my go-to excuse kind of for riding which sucks, you know what I'm saying? Like it might not be the right mind frame or whatever, but you're gone now, <laughs> you know what Whoa. I'm saying? Uh this area is just I'm burning out on the street, you know. I still go look for new stuff, you know, like where's it going to be a pole jam or where's there going to be like a barrier that they set up somewhere or something like that, you know, like Mm -hmm. what am I going to find that's fresh, you know, or,
1: uh, or or who are you going to ride with? Because there are dudes out there fairly regularly, like, um, the two dudes that come to mind are Logan and Devante for, you know, pretty regularly getting out there and actually riding bikes. Right. So yeah, you've I got like a those small guys group of dude like
2: within a mile of either direction of my house, you know what I'm saying, so I do have those guys but uh and and there's other guys trust me i'm you know there's there's mm-hmm. a Binghamton group chat and stuff like yeah, that. yeah there's you know? there's a scene here yeah. it's
1: just it's always been a little bit disconnected, and I'm not entirely sure why mm-hmm. right, but I do know um that you kind of have to just make stuff happen on your own. And like it's uh, obviously I see it with having my own child. It's not like easy to just go out and ride every night and like organize stuff and make it happen. No, but <laughs> like it, it, that was, it, 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 so yeah I would it, say yeah. that you're kind of right in saying that I moved away, but I was just one of the people that was, like, constantly, maybe annoyingly so, over your shoulder about, like, let's go ride. W- sure. Why aren't we riding? Let's go ride. Let's go here. Let's go there. Yeah, hey, I'm doing this no, this weekend. You coming uh, along or not? And then it's like... There's got to be something
2: else to it. You know what I'm saying? Because look at Pittsburgh, you know? Uh, I mean, look at they, all the homies, the mutual say... homies that we have in Pittsburgh. I could go to Pittsburgh, too. And we could be go to whatever park, you know, and at least... There's a big kind of a session going on, you know, with, like...
1: I've been told by a couple of people that it's the same thing as what we're talking about here, though. It's like, since I went there, I've promoted a lot of people riding. And I don't really want to take that credit, so... I think it's weird to be like, oh, yeah, I'm the reason everyone's oh, I don't know. I didn't out mean to, riding. I didn't mean but, to. Yeah. But, well, like, I mean, I mean I've heard it from you up yeah, here. You I've heard other people right. up here, and I've heard people down there say it. So it's like, okay, maybe I'm just the annoying dude that was always hitting everyone up to ride no matter what. And, like, I know I was for a while, with, especially when I was helping Derek out at HCS, and he would be out of town and i'd be like all right well i'm running the shop today and i would hit every single person that i talked to in the area up about and not just like a post i would hit them up individually and be like riding hcs today right? riding hcs today right and then if they all came down it was like well holy crap how did you have 30 people here right when i haven't had 30 people in the last month and like (laughs) Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right. But, you know, some of it is just being pushy and annoying. Right. And I know that I was pushy and annoying.
2: Oh, so much of it has. I mean, so much of it for my core group of you and Sam, you know what I'm saying? So much of it for that has changed because I moved to New York and was... You've never known me without a kid or kids, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, we rode for hours, and we went on road trips all over the place and everything like that, you know, when I had one or two at home, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and made it happen, you know what I'm saying? We made it happen, you know, and you lived here then, you know, and and, and what, I don't know, Sam was around more then, you know, but uh, then you guys finally caught up years later, you know, and had kids.
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's still like, I'm still out there doing that. Like, I was just out in Kentucky. And, wrote, yeah. I mean, Tyler and I went out to Ollie's before they closed, because our buddy Brian hit us up and told us, before it was ever formally announced, like, hey, you guys need to come out here ASAP, because Ollie's is closing. Right. We're like, Alright. No, we'll was, make it happen. Yeah. But no,
2: where I was going with that is, is that you just know that it's harder now. It's harder, oh, harder with the kids. Fully you understand. know what I'm saying? Like it's not as easy. You know, I still had like I said one or two at home, and we were going wherever Massachusetts or where all over the mm-hmm. place. You know what I'm saying? But it was more of a challenge. You know, and then mm-hmm. now you guys can find. You know, finally we able to say like, oh, okay, well, uh, you know. My time frames are a little bit more important now, you know what I'm saying, And I do have to uh, gauge my time a little differently and and uh, you know delegate my time differently, basically, you know, uh, Yeah, even though you're still sneaking out there and doing that. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and it you know, some of it too, and this is this is a negative on my side for sure. And I know you didn't have any of your family around, but you at least had uh, in-laws around. Right. right, So it wasn't like it was just you, up to you and your girlfriend at the time to figure this all out just on your own. Right. And leave her with the kids day in, day out, nonstop. Right. There was like grandparents' time. and Oh, definitely. And she could go out and see a friend and... Right. like right I don't have that I know when luxury about, which makes you know, it way talks about, hey, rougher. Rachel,
2: shout out to Rachel right now when we talk about how we should come back to this side of the woods where we have lots of people that watch the little <laughs> baby boy right I don't know guys yeah
1: I mean that's a whole different discussion this isn't my interview right even though I talk about myself a lot yeah um but no I mean it so i guess this area has a crappy bike shop scene not that that they're crappy bike shops but for bmx the only shop really even trying to support it i would say is ace yeah and they're i i'm gonna just say mail order only even though they have a a a storefront they're are a mail order shop.
2: Well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, you know, I, I mean, although we say that, uh, and we're a little bit out of their loop, to be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm I'm out I, of the loop I, for I sure. Hear, though. I hear local, or I hear recently that like, the kids can just go over there, and it's not a storefront really, you know, but they can go and get some stuff, uh, you know, at somewhat of. Uh, regular business hours, you know, really
1: mm-hmm.
2: take that with
1: how,
2: yeah. however you want to take that, you know. But
1: Yeah, and then just for, like, general purposes, discussion-wise, because a lot of people listening to this probably have never heard of Ace BMX, but it's, I mean, at, what would it have been, like, well, late a, they, late They claim, 80s, 19, no, they, 18,
2: yeah. 1981 is when they claim that they started okay. that mail order and it was it it started right in so, magazines so literally. it
1: started before dan's comp then i it think did, and that and right and then you know dan surpassed them at some point and i wouldn't know where the real current ranking is because i would say that there's three top ones at the moment at least in my opinion and i'm dated but it was dan's albies and empire those of them yeah And right now, Dan's is questionable. That's right. Because no one knows what the heck's going on with Dan's. (laughs) Right. And I haven't looked into it, but I know that it got sketchy for a a little while and that stuff was on back order because they couldn't get it because they weren't paying bills. Right. And that's hearsay. So um, if that's not true, then I apologize, Dan's comp, but I'm pretty sure it is.
2: True or not. We've seen companies come back, and mm-hmm. stuff like that.
1: Yeah, one of my uh, favorite companies came came back out of yeah. uh, court ordered repayments and and yeah. is now killing it again. Right, debatably, I think so, and that's Eastern.
2: Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. I, I got Eastern cards on my bike. I don't care.
1: I, I'll shout Eastern now. Everyone talks so bad about them. But I still maintain, and I've talked about that before on the podcast, is they are no worse than, like, a cult or shadow, or not shadow, yeah, like, Sabrosa stuff. It's that they're not very good at marketing. And, like, there's hype built up around, like, a cult part. And if it fails, they just bring the hype out and hook you up with a new one. Whereas Eastern they'll they'll hook you up with a replacement. they've always been awesome about that, yeah, but there's not a lot of hype there, and they also don't have a banger team
0: right
1: you know you get a ton of people backing cult based on the team well, and, the is, and, is, uh, really and, and the person running it
2: cult is got really talented writers and the person running it is a marketing genius it. right. And honestly, to just—I mean, not as a derogatory term or whatever—but they're kind of trendy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going in their favor, you know.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. It's Eastern is their their failure has always been marketing. They're just not a marketable company, right? And uh, oh you know, it is what it is. I got, yeah. But I
2: got some old Eastern stickers <laughs> around here somewhere.
1: But I, like, I don't feel like their product is any more subpar than than anything from cult or anything they've always been on when a trend comes in like heavy bikes or light bikes they've always been the ones to push the limits the most Uh which you know what you know what that was actually where the problem probably came in with them being people hating on them so much because yes everything broke when they pushed the the weight limits low right
2: and I just know I just know better than to really mess with some of that stuff personally, you know what I'm saying, so why does it, it doesn't affect me as much? Mm-hmm. you know like, hey, I didn't get a grim reaper frame to go ride uh street with, you know <laughs> like so uh I'm not dealing with the repercussions of what that could you know I don't know never mind I, I don't know
1: yeah what was the killer auto? Was that a solid or it wasn't. Who made the killer auto? I can't remember. Because that was another frame that, like that company, it broke all the time. But they had good marketing and a good rider to back it and it it didn't get the negative rap that Eastern got. Who made that frame? I always want to say solid and it wasn't. I don't know. It even. it was some it, it's a company that when you hear the name you're going to be like, "Huh?" <laughs> it's not like, "Oh gosh." I don't know. Anyway, at this point, it's probably less relevant, but I'm going to sit here and look it up while I I I'm looking at Talking circles.
2: Oh. I don't see it. But no, I feel the exact same way. Uh as long as I'm not getting parts from they Always replace the parts that I've had an issue with, you know. And uh, as long as I'm not getting something that I don't think black eye, B- black eye. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness i I haven't heard that for a while. Yeah.
1: I I knew it was some like random company, but dude, that was a hot frame for a period of what two years. Yeah. And people loved or hated the way it looked it looked like a scooter because it was a straight line from head tube to dropout. yeah and it was in like probably the peak of the slammed seat days
2: I'm trying to find one here I got uh, yeah I know it was, yeah No. now that oh you, now, now that you know what the company yeah. is yeah yep. I think that there was one of those literally at, at the hanging <laughs> around at the shop for a long time yeah
1: but like that frame twisted and broke non-stop because it didn't have enough structure. Right. But it didn't get the bad rap that other companies were getting for bad frames cuz they had a decent dudes riding it. Not right. that Eastern doesn't well, didn't have good people, but it's like they just didn't do good marketing it and I I don't mean to like keep talking about Eastern and I'm definitely not trying to be negative about them, no, but
2: no, that's a, I, I don't know I don't want to convey that either. Because no,
1: because I I'm a huge fan actually, and I know that that like gets a lot of raised eyebrows. Right. I'm running their pedals right now. I had their tires right up until I got my hands on some more Primo walls. Right. <laughs> Dry riding. Sh- shout old. out to the Primo wall, the world's best bike tire ever. Yeah. Even though you can't get any that aren't dry rotted from the get-go. No, the black ones are not. No. It's the colored ones are just. Colored tires that, in yeah. general, kind of suck. But, yeah, the uh, Primo Wall is the best. Oh gosh, you run those, you put those
2: tires through their paces. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> my God, I I should have lapel mic that. Just farted. Yeah. I hope it came through on the mic. I hope it did, too, (laughs) because if it smells up this garage that bad, I swear to God. (sighs) Just pay back for your safety meeting a little bit ago. Yeah. That smells terrible, too.
2: (laughs) Little Caesars.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I did eat cheesy bread before we did this and then hopped right into it without any uh, downtime.
2: Yeah. So upcoming jams
1: well I actually i'm we can talk about that for sure i want to talk more about like the scene though because the bike shop thing like it, shops oh, have it well, covered but i'm going i'm here what i'm trying to get to is I'm, like what do they need to do different in your opinion like what needs to happen to grow bmx in this area from a bike shop perspective because there's there's really there's scene side at core bmx right and there's industry side which is brands and shops
2: oh my gosh the complexity of that okay honestly you just asked you just asked me that and i and i have some background information and i know that you're going to do a podcast with somebody else in this area soon here and i won't drop that or anything like that you know Mm -hmm. the same question could be asked of that person pretty much i'm going to very (laughs) very knowledgeable person in this area you know uh more than me in this area of, of BMX and this this area, you know what I'm saying, and uh, but
1: probably more biased and opinionated against and for certain brands.
2: Oh, absolutely, <laughs> that's another. Um, that's another... and
1: not necessarily because well, you know what it is because of quality, but almost overshadowing the ability to sell stuff. So carry on. Right. <laughs> I mean.
2: You're, you know, r- running a store, a bike shop here, that actually BC Bikes, when I was there, I would try my best to accommodate everybody, you know? And it was not easy. It was not easy with the roadblocks that I had to deal with, which was the owner, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, we're not going to keep dwelling on all that situation, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, I, you know, uh got in a lot of people your stuff you know a lot of your stuff you know if you weren't getting it from another place you know hcs down the street or whatever if it wasn't mm-hmm. something that was in stock there or whatever or if it wasn't a brand that he was getting or whatever you know you would you'd support the both of us you know um and uh a lot of people were uh, bmx racing you know uh I, I, you know i had a really good relationship with all the race families and everything like mm-hmm. that you know but um I didn't really have an answer to this question <laughs> when you first an- asked it, you know. And I kind of might have just answered it with that with that last statement, which was BMX race families, you know. Mm-hmm. In this area, if somebody's going to have a shop that's going to do something, it's going to have to definitely involve BMX racing, okay. We have... An indoor track in our area which is the northeast only really you know one of the northeast only real and especially mm-hmm. our area for hours and hours around indoor bmx racing track you know so uh, the fact that we have that and there's no uh r- real bmx shop around here forget about park bmx and street street bmx and everything like that you know what i'm saying that sells helmets and and racing jerseys and race bikes and all that stuff mm-hmm. you know that that would be why wouldn't you want that BMX business as well? You know what I'm saying? And that would be stronger. And this is parents we're talking about. That's that's where I was going to go.
1: You're not talking about like one kid that comes in and needs a frame. You're talking about a family that has maybe two kids and a dad that all three of them are going to get bikes and they're going to go to the track together and maybe you'll even get the mom on a bike. Right. And so you might have three bike sales, four bike sales, and be able to then work with them and develop them, and you partner with the track and say, hey, look, here's a couple of free races over at the local track. Go check this out. You know, right. they'll, they'll give you the tour. They'll give you, like, a little training thing and right. So that, let you that, in.
2: That's a big part of it, you know? And the, and the other part of it is... Cause you know, the other person that I mentioned knows the struggle and knows, uh, and, and so, uh, it's definitely, you're going to need to be resourceful and reach out to me. as many outlets as you can for income. You know, that means scooters, mm-hmm. stupid, you know what I'm saying? Like scooters. And, and well,
1: yeah, because look at, um, I mean, I'll name drop him because he's, a, he's a good legit shop. Planes. I know. Planes bike shop, Plains scooter what?
2: shop is it literally? He's got he's got stickers and shirts and everything that say planes scooters. You know what I'm saying? And he's pro but this but point, his bills are being paid three or four times the amount of it scooter completes inventory. Mm-hmm. This is, I haven't seen full pictures and everything, so this is just what I, I comprehend from seeing so many scooters on one rack there that I'm like I don't think he has that many bikes as he has scooters. That's so I could be wrong, you know, no, you know, but uh. And that's how he's, he got, the, you know, and mm-hmm. that guy deserves all of that. You know what I'm saying? That guy, as far as I've understood, and I know some, we know Nick of we know mm-hmm. people, you know what I'm saying, that know him and everything, you know, and other people that know him through the, through the grapevine. Yeah. And he's just supported BMX and bicycling and, and ran that shop and everything from what I understand, like an amazing dude you know bmx race teams from like yeah 80s until now you know like until recent you know i don't know about the bmx racing teams recently so much but scooters took over his steel right and pay the bills i talked to him about it yeah years ago
1: right well and is it see that's where like is it even a problem because if he can sit there and sell scooters in order to still be able to support the small local bmx scene dude good for him right
2: it's the same thing. It's the thing. same with
1: Chenga as a skate park. It's the same and thing and with skate parks. It's just yeah.
2: what I was getting ready to say. You know what I'm saying? Breaking free. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Look at breaking free. He cherishes scooters. You know what I'm saying? Because they are bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, that's what I would assume. You
1: know what I'm saying? Again, you know, I'm not like just throwing yeah. things out there that are, are total. Um, Rafa has a podcast with Matt Smith. Yeah. They the yeah dude. Right. So he interviewed Rafa and they talked for a while and it involves some some the, yeah, really dude. funny stories up there. So if, if you haven't listened to his stuff yet, listen to the different spokes podcast. I
2: dude, I am like behind on podcasts. Yeah. There's a lot of podcasts to catch up on with all these ones popping off.
1: Dude, they all like blew up all at the same time and it's like I've made the joke a couple of times but it's like it's the new vlog.
2: No, I made I made this joke. I made this joke, and I never said it to you. I don't think, but it's like uh, podcasts are just blogs for dudes over thirty or something like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying like basically. I don't disagree. You know, that's
1: exactly what it is. <laughs> um, but like it, it seems like they're all right now. Other than like uh, BMX in our blood, he's been doing it for a handful of years now, right. and there's a few others that have been like doing it a little bit here and there. For years but yeah I've, I've been trying to get caught up because i always ignored them and i'm like i don't really care right well but we since, just we yeah. since starting to do this one i'm like i should probably at least be aware of a lot of these so right well it's easy
2: to get sidetracked because like we we delved off from the whole local local what it would take to get bmx going you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. so we talked about race bikes and that it would take and then we went to scooters just a second ago. Maybe some skateboards. You know, there's not mm-hmm. really... There's zoomies in our area. And ever since the the guy that took over uh, the inventory of skate inventory from HCS, Tom moved out of this area. I don't think that anybody took over his little pop-up shop that he had out here.
1: No, I think I might have, like, seen someone try to do something and it didn't really turn right. into anything.
2: So, so maybe it's just me and and you know, like how I hustle and how I hustle even at, at BC Bikes, you know what I'm saying? It's such a slow bike shop and, and tried, I mean, we got scooters in there, we got every single thing in there, you know, and, and I did electric bikes and gas bikes and all mm-hmm. this stuff, you know, but um, you'd have to, in this area, you'd have to have so many other sources of, of income besides street and park BMX, you know? Well, uh, I,
1: I think it's... Not a dumb idea, but I think it's like uh, narrow-minded to think that you'd be able to just focus on one thing. Right, right. At least in the beginning. Right.
2: Because but, but BMX, you, you know, I mean, your question was, you know what I'm saying? What BMX, do you need to yeah, do yeah. Do yeah. To, to boost the BMX, in, I mean, basically what uh, industry does, does here?
1: A shop or a new shop, if you wanted to go that route, but a shop need to do okay
2: a shop an existing shop that's out here already either or okay well an existing shop that's out here already needs to i mean this reminds me of the first shop that i started working at a1 bikes in arizona you know that shop i grew up going to and you know hung out at as a kid and as a rider, you know and stuff like that and got all my stuff from and first three piece cranks and just worshiped that place you know and i i asked to work there before I even turned 16, and then the day, he he said, okay, made an agreement with me, and then the day I turned 16, started working there, you know, so, um, and we, that was, like I said earlier, I think, 2003, and we had, it was a Trek shop, and we carried multiple other brands for all the other types of bicycles, mountain, and hybrid, mm-hmm. and comfort, and stuff, but we had a sick BMX department, no denying it. Back then we had everything kink, we had FB, FBM, we had everything solid, you know, we had just whatever you could imagine. We had frames, you know, like you like you would think of what pretty much, what you would want to go into as mm-hmm. a kid or an adult and and, and have a selection of and, and pick your stuff, you well,
1: know? So, we were down at that Powers shop. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. That's a good example oh of like, gosh. you go in there and
2: it's... That's, a, that's just
1: a... So... Uh, there's there's powers there's um the one in like it's like rhode island or something i can't think of what it is off malls no circuit oh
2: circuit yeah no sorry but there's malls too malls up yeah Yeah. outside of boston area
1: um but you know you've got those types of shops that yeah they're carrying core bmx brands they're carrying what people want and then you've got shops like where you worked I know the names already been dropped, but yeah, I'd rather yeah, not I, just I know, keep right? berating yeah, them. Yeah. Um, and it's not just your shop; it's shops like where you worked, where you walk in that front door, and if you're looking for BMX, it's the small little showcase in the back corner of the shop, tucked away from everything else, and they're gonna ignore you. Yeah. When you walk in the door and well, you're like, "Oh, me, I'm looking for yeah, BMX." Right, yeah, I know.
2: It's your, it's your typical right. Yeah.
1: So you're already pushing them away from the minute they walk in the door instead of like, Hey, what is there? And then there's the other type of shop that's carrying BMX, but doesn't really want to that. All they sell is red lines and right. you go in there and you can get red line completes or red line aftermarket parts. And yeah. you're like, well, I'd really like to get a set of the new FBM bars. And they're like, no, no, Oh, okay. Well, then I'm not buying your red line bar, so I'll see you later. Right. And you've got either type of shop. The shop that, like, doesn't want to... Neither shop wants to order what you want from them. Yep. But one doesn't care about BMX at all, and the other is so brand-focused that they're killing themselves and choking themselves off right from the beginning.
2: Right. Yeah. No, I mean basically this area if somebody were to pick up a kid that was passionate about bmx you know uh, an existing shop here picked up a kid that was passionate about bmx uh and rode, you know and and um and then they also invested in the business with a little bit of their own you know the business's bankroll or their own you Mm -hmm. know whatever and you know, listened if, you know, hopefully that kid was, had good taste or whatever, you know, and they let him stock up a corner of the store or whatever. It still wouldn't be much more than that to start with, you know, and like maybe they had the input, maybe, maybe they had the input and they did a little bit of footwork and went to the track and talked to some parents or whatever, you know, and then they, and yeah. they heard what, what kind of apparel and stuff like that they need to stock, you know, that's what they got to do. They just, they got to get a little bit of it in and then mm-hmm. care because nobody cares around here.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing is you have to be passionate about it, right? And stay up on it. And it's not easy, but I think you're spot on about being involved at the track. Yeah. You know how many people started racing? I raced at one point. Right. Um, a lot of people raced at one point that don't race anymore. Right. But if you're getting involved at the ground level, racing brings in kids on strider bikes yep and they go from there and yep. if you can be in essentially in the parents pocket from the moment that kid turns three and is running around the strider yep bike on the track then you've hooked a bike rider and a family for the next 13 14 years right. at the very least right
2: yeah and you know how it works time and time again is like If it's a family with more than one child, it's like the brother starts racing or whatever, and then boom, boom, boom. Every other child, you know what I'm saying? The sisters, even two sisters, one sister, Mm -hmm. both brothers, you know, they all start doing it too. You know, And, and
1: they might fall out of it. Yeah, but who cares if they fall out of it? Yeah. From a from a growth perspective, nobody that starts gets it. Yeah. For you know, and no one knows really what it is. But nobody gets it from the very beginning. They're just riding their bike, and they know that they're enjoying it, but they don't really know why they're enjoying it, and sometimes you don't find that out for a really long time.
2: You know, this reminds me of uh, this weird feeling I get at the racetrack sometimes because I've been around and involved in bikes the mo- so my whole life pretty much, you know what I'm saying? And then, I can't say that it's a feeling that I, I like or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But then when there's these families that are so involved or whatever that started like two months ago or whatever, you know, like, I, I get this little bit of a feeling inside that's like...
1: Oh, they totally don't get it.
2: Yeah, yeah, right, you know?
1: But you know what? The parents and the families don't have to. Right. They're, they're hyped that the kid is out there and enjoying something. Right. But, so I have some additional input. Like, you're talking about at the shop level, like, yes, obviously stocking the right product right. comes into play. And having someone that knows the product. So, I think you need two guys, or or one well-rounded guy you're that knows BMX. You're talking
2: about utopia here, though. I mean, well, you know, in a perfect world, you know, because there's no way that no shop around here is going to pick up yeah. two guys. You know? Well,
1: it, one guy that is familiar enough with BMX racing. Right. To not be a complete fool talking about it, but that also has their hand in in like, occasionally being out at Sherry Lindsay or something or the local park for for anyone that doesn't know. And just knows the people that are out riding. Yeah. Just I mean, you were that guy, so it's not BMX Utopia. You you've been there. It's right. just that the shop you were in was not conducive to this. So right. Right. so. Once you've got a person and then you need to promote. So the social media is huge. Yep. And I know you were doing it when you were working at the shop. You had, you never really had an Instagram going, but Instagram was kind of in its infancy at that point yeah. still. Yeah. But you were on Facebook and you were promoting stuff really hard. Yeah. And it was working.
2: Yeah commercials on TV and radio ads. I mean, I did I was behind all all of mm-hmm. that, you know, right? Yep.
1: So, promote. And yeah. then if you're promoting at the track as well, all it's going to do is bring people to you. Yeah. No, not not, you know,
2: uh, oh, you know, you can only be so good and productive as your leader. Or the the master allows, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the downfall of that place.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that hurts the scene. So I,
2: you know, you I, I mean we can we both here know that I had a good relationship with those families and those, but they yeah. couldn't stand the owner, the place of business, and and the the previous experiences that they had and everything like that. You know. Hmm. Um, I. I'm doing a lot in my current work right now, a lot, a lot in my current work of going to seminars and stuff like that that I'm getting sent to and stuff like that for management training and stuff like that, you know? Because I'm at a level of management, but in order to go beyond probably where I'm at, it's definitely good to have all those classes and everything and something that's just Mm -hmm. the order of how it goes, you know? So, uh, but, um, I heard something and it was, uh, customer feedback is like oxygen you know and this is this this is like well we're talking about bike shops you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. this this is like kind of a easy thing to think about you know and you just that shop had so much bad customer feedback that it had no oxygen mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah so then the other side of promotion and, and everything like you we're talking about it from the shop side now look at the track itself how well are they promoting? And if they don't have like a photographer or something that's out there posting stuff on their page after every race, just taking pictures of every single person on that track at some point in the race, it doesn't matter if it's on the same roller. Right. You take a picture of every kid and every dad that's on that track, yeah. and you post every single one of those photos to your race album from that night. And then those people hit share on that photo. And now who knows how many people from each one of those people now saw that photo and go, wait, what's this BMX racing? I didn't know you did that. Or where can I see that and try to do that? Or can I come watch even? Right. Oh my God. Yeah. It's the same. It's like at the shop that was
2: five minutes away from the racetrack. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And I was like a promoter for that place. People didn't even know about it, you know? You know how many people I sent there, you know? Yeah. And the same the same thing can be said with HCS, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? I sent <laughs> so many people to HCS that had no idea, but that, that's a different story because... HCS, well, it's for different reasons, that's a, too. Yeah, that's totally... That's not, that's not for the same thing, you know? That's just because... Uh, totally different reasons. But anyways, uh, when I was there... I can't say it was bad for the for the BMX racing scene and for you know the, mm-hmm. the actual scene around here, even though it wasn't as good as it sure could have been. That's for sure.
1: Mhm. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like there's there's a handful of if you started at the track, you don't like you could go do it for him. You could just be like, Gary, I'm taking pictures of everyone and posting them on your Facebook. Right. And from that point. It's growing the scene a little bit here and there. I know. And if you can double the moto count... I, what is the moto count over there? On an average single point week. Do you know? It's probably like 10 or 12 motos. That is miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is so bad. And then, you know what's making it worse, in my opinion? Is when they stopped racing all three motos. Yeah. and I. It, what, what do they call that? The... Um, I forget what what that like term is in the racing now. Where, where once you've won a moto, you don't compete in the next one. Yeah, that is transfer.
2: Yeah, transfer to the main. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm not. Uh, I never raced. You know, I grew up where well in Mesa. A surrounding town right outside of Mesa, just like you can imagine any of your towns, Binghamton, Johnson City, or whatever, you know, Pittsburgh, Monroeville, I don't know, but anyways, the town right next to each other was Chandler, which is where Chandler BMX racetrack was at, you know, so I didn't race, but I used to go to practice nights and have fun and, and do regular stuff at this dirt mm-hmm. track that, you know, 360s and stuff like that, that they weren't, you know, like... Practice, so yeah, I still yeah. The, that. the stuff they yell at you for <laughs> yeah, right, when you I do it on the track. I still go to Grippen. Thankfully, they don't give me a hard time at gripping when I'm faking in from the gate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like, uh, half yeah.
1: <laughs> it probably depends on who sees you do it. Right, but but um, like, I feel like that transfer system makes it less desirable to race in certain ways. Like, I know that the last few times I've been to the track, I paid to ride three. Three motos and maybe a main, but I got to ride one moto and a main, like, it is, come it on.
2: Is, yeah, I know. I don't like, I was just getting to it. I don't, I didn't race back then when I lived in near Chandler BMX, and I don't race now, you know. I want my boat, uh, my son's raced since he was one years old on the Strider, you know, mm-hmm. and he's uh, Finley, you know, everybody at the track knows Finley, and, and there's a lot. It's become a lot more popular since Finley for a lot of the youngsters. You know, he was one of the, our first in this area at this at this indoor tracks. Really tiny youngsters. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and now that's a regular thing. Striders is really big and like. Yeah. And uh, um, actually, Bubba was there. <laughs> uh, shout out to Bubba. You know, Bubba mm-hmm. was there before before Finley. You know, but um, uh, so. Where were we at with that? What were we? Oh, it was. The the, tra-
1: we're talking about the transfer. Oh, the transfer. How, right. how you don't get to race all yeah, your motors. right.
2: So, so, yeah, it depends on the track too. You know, well, like for example, Finley. When we go back, when, when when Finley was little, and we would go back after a break from racing, if he would lose his first two. He wasn't supposed to go on to the main and race at all, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. you no, know, no, everybody at the track, 10, 12 motos, you know what I'm saying? Throw them up on the main. It's not gonna, you know, it doesn't matter for yeah, anything, yeah. you know. So, so that depends
1: too. Well, and, I mean, the main is stupid when you don't even have a full class to begin with. The main is like to narrow your class down to the finals. Right. When you look at like the reality of classic racing or the grands or something like that. Right. But so there's another side to that. If you're racing the first moto and you don't get the good gate start are you even gonna try if you're not trying to get the best like the best score out of three motos and someone bests you in the first moto you're just gonna roll the track and hope for the best in the next one yeah you're not even gonna try
2: yeah it's been years now of... so
1: it just seems like it's a really bad system in my opinion right you you have a better that's what I was getting at is it, it finley's
2: been going for years uh a year a year and a half now my daughter started and she's really into it and um uh i still don't understand all of it you know what i'm saying i don't care to that's why i don't care to understand all the yeah. ins and outs i'm at the track i know everybody at the track mostly you know but i don't really yeah, care yeah the kids know.
1: are having fun and you're socializing with people you know yeah while your kids have fun what 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 could be better
2: right And that's why I I got my kids, I got Finley into racing and, and then his sister followed, like he said, but because look at all the legends, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a big thing in bike control. I mean, I couldn't imagine, uh, he's fallen off the wagon, you know, and like skipped out and he's seven now, but I couldn't imagine having as much riding experience even as him at seven, you know what Mm
1: -hmm. I'm
2: saying? Um, even though I did I did ride at seven, but not from two on a regular pedal bike to seven, you know, like for all those years, you know. Yeah, in like, a
1: structured environment. <laughs> yeah, on a, Right. On I mean, at the very least you're talking about having a schedule. Yeah. Where you're making time to ride. Even if it's only one time a week. Right. You're you're sitting there at work going, All right, this night I can't wait, we're going to the track, we're racing.
0: Right. Yeah. So
1: like, even if you're not a race fan, like, you can appreciate the the fact that you're looking forward to the one time you know for sure you're riding this week.
2: Yep. And it's been a long winter. A lot of you, a lot of the locals around here go through the winter with our track, but not us, you know, like, so...
1: So what about uh, scene side then? So obviously there's like a handful of things. Some are easier to implement than others. But like the social media side and promoting what is happening in the local scene is pretty easy. Yeah. But from the scene side, I feel like it's actually the same answer. You need someone in the scene to organize and promote stuff. Right. And I mean... I don't know to what degree this matters or doesn't matter, but I'm going to use Murphy down in Pittsburgh as an example. If you go to the wheel mill, there's a high probability that Murphy is there shooting photos. Yeah. And, you know, Murphy likes shooting photos. Murphy likes riding his bike. But if Murphy's out shooting photos, people might show up just to be like, oh, I might get a photo. Right. Or, I mean, he'll ask you, too. Like, hey, you got anything? You want to you shoot anything quick? Right. And, like, if it's a cool photo, he's going to post it up. Right. And then all that does is reinforce the scene. Yeah. So, I feel like it's actually, and it's oversimplified, but it's a simple formula. I feel like it's easy to do, but you have to make the time to be there, and... I think a lot of the time people are looking for someone else to be that guy. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I I don't know what you want to call it. But we have maybe diverse people in our scene out here, you know? I mean, as far as uh, every single thing you can imagine. You know, commitment to biking, years of biking, uh, style of biking personal own selves, you know what I'm saying? Like the actual personal person, you know, like totally every random different kinds of people mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, uh, walks of life, you know, but um, so there's a lot of, of like, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. different. There's not... Nobody, there's no two people that are really alike in the, in the biking scene out yeah. there, really. You know what I'm saying? Out, you can go to Peach, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you can see a lot of dudes that are, like, riding, you know, and, like, they, they're dialed, but they're all riding really similar styles and, like, feeding off of each other mm-hmm. and stuff, you know? There's, like, even the two main dudes that you talked about. Yeah, yeah, Logan they ride really they, different. Uh, totally different, you know, like, totally different. And, and then keeping all those things in mind, you know, there's some guys that ride every single day, but have only progressed to this level, or whatever, you know what I'm saying, or, like, constantly out there riding, but have Mm -hmm. only progressed to a certain level, there's guys like me who haven't progressed, (laughs) I don't know, since when, you know what I'm saying, like, (laughs) no progression guys, you know,
1: but, uh, uh, I mean, how often are you on your bike? Oh, oh, man. I'm not on my bike. Oh, we got some jams coming up here.
2: I'll be on my bike. Honestly, the jams, we haven't talked about the previous jams in this discussion at yeah, all. Yeah, I know. we talked we'll about how back. we've been there and stuff, you know, but, like, there's some serious differences between the, the Binghamton jam and the Pittsburgh jam, you know, like... Especially in, in, like, my instance, which everybody else can probably see, you know, because, or even right now on a podcast, you know, like, I, I don't, I'm a little bit more of an introverted person, you know what I'm saying, that might not, that probably also doesn't help me with making friends in BMX and, like, writing in groups of people in BMX and stuff like that, you know, but it's not in my intention, you know what I'm saying, I'm here right now saying that, you know. It's Wait, not my I,
1: intention. I would say the same thing about myself, though. Like, if we go to the park, I'm gonna sit there and not talk to the people around me. Right. Even though, like, in the personal setting like this, I'm perfectly good at just talking, talking, talking. Right. Like, yeah, you're I mean, not coming not across to be. I'm not trying. To maybe be a the jerk first when I do that five here. minutes when we're like not warmed up or whatever here. Right. You're a little bit. Yeah. Introverted, but right. no, I mean, it's like all we're doing is chatting as friends. So right. like. it is what
2: it is so that that is also you know some people are better at, at that what what made me even bring that up some people are aren't quite so much shy or whatever you know and they'll get a whole group of people riding or be popping off on the group chat or whatever you know and really be getting things going but i was mentioning this because of the two different jams you know and how you know, there's the megaphone, and I'll be on the megaphone maybe at HCS, and then I'll be on the megaphone for a short period of time in Pittsburgh, because I don't really want to be on the megaphone that much at Pittsburgh, you know, it's like... Uh, No,
1: and I'm not a megaphone guy either, I'm more than happy that you always want to do it at HCS, and that that Brad wants to take it in Pittsburgh, and I'm like, have at it, dude, (laughs) please.
2: Right. (laughs) No, Brad, it does, Brad does. I don't mind having it... uh, some of the time at pittsburgh you know what i'm saying sometimes brad just like uh, he just wants that thing man which is fine if he's in the zone you know (laughs) yeah but uh um hcs is so much easier with for me with the people that are there and like being at my favorite place in the world you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying to like uh do probably a better job at it you know what i'm saying like be more comfortable you know uh and fun. It's
1: fun. It's yeah. also easier. Everything about the jam is easier at HCS. Oh yes. Um, I did want before we go that route. I had one more comment, and it was supporting evidence for my comment about Murphy, and that growing the scene in Pittsburgh, or at least supporting the scene, was the Binghamton scene. And this could be completely unrelated. Binghamton also had. Brian Tarbell at one point doing a lot of photo stuff. John Wally doing a lot of Look, video hey, stuff. We didn't touch and, this at all about and much of And Ryan Suvo was doing a lot of photo we, stuff we, up we, in Syracuse. We, we barely
2: touched face about being... I mean, this this podcast could go on for... Who knows, you know? Yeah, we're, we at, touched, we're at an hour and a half. <laughs> we haven't touched any of the trip experiences. Uh, any anything, you know what I'm saying? Any of the injuries. yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I seem to be your number one filmer for most of your... Uh, Severe injuries. You know what I mean. Well, it's because
1: you're filming most of my stuff anyway. It's kind of it just goes hand in hand.
2: Right. Yeah. So, uh, but um, Binghamton, e- East Coast Terminal was before my time. You know, FBM has roots here. You know, like we haven't talked the a- the area. You know how we're talking about the area and so yeah. much in the in the in the uh, the crews out here and everything and the scene and everything like that. Well. It has history. There's no doubt about that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got brawling at the Belmar. We've got everything that FBM has ever done, you know, here. All of the video parts and clips and everything through the East Coast Terminal and all those, like I said, you know. And then, uh, but, you know, things come and go, I guess, you know. I mean. (laughs) And I,
1: you know, this will transition into our jams and everything as well, but I've always said that our scene was so spoiled by good contests and good jams put on by FBM and likewise that it was hard for them to appreciate anything. And it also jaded them. A little bit. Well,
2: for such a small area, see, because I come from somewhere where they got, you know what I'm saying, you can go to, not only will you just see the local kid talent killing it at the skate park, like at pro levels, you know what I'm saying, you'll you'll see just actual pros at the skate park, or rig huge contests, Mm -hmm. you know, so that wasn't a, but out here, in such a small area for you guys, I can imagine, you know, like, those those really were some legendary events and some badass shit, you know, Mm -hmm. and... It was popping off here that people were just kind of like used to it kind of maybe, you know, mm-hmm. it took it for granted. I it, for
1: that's it. what I'm saying. It took, took it for granted and then jaded when it's gone. Yeah. And yeah. that doesn't help the scene get right. better. Right. But um, yeah, our jams. So we, we've had three
0: have,
1: yeah. three years running. Yep. So this year will be the fourth. Yep. We've had a Pittsburgh Street Jam and a Binghamton Jam, which the first year was half street, half HCS, and the last two years have been just at HCS with a separate street ride the night before. Or did we not end up doing that? I think you did it. No, we didn't end up doing it last Uh,
2: year. I mean, no, usually either the the day before or... The day after, you know, such is the nature of when people are in town and out. Of yeah, and whatever works. Like that, when everything lines up, you know, for, for that type of deal. But usually there is a street session involved, you know, whether it's whether we put it on the flyer or advertise it or not. There's definitely one going on, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then the Pittsburgh one is always historically promoted as a street jam. Uh, With the exception that last year, we got about halfway through the jam. And just due to circumstances beyond our control, uh, there was a large concert going on downtown. And there was a, like, not a riot, but large protests going on. So the police presence was, like, at a ridiculous high. (laughs) And we just got followed all around by multiple police units and we just decided to move it to a park and overtake the skate jam that was going on
2: multiple one in particular but multiple motorcycle cops one of them especially like i said was like riding his motorcycle up on the spots and stuff like that up curbs and in in you know right where we were Mm -hmm. riding you know riding riding you know but and just shutting us down every every second you know and I guess shutting us down and not shutting us down you know because we just kept moving and there wasn't you know they weren't going to get you were
1: never actually sessioning a spot because you weren't there long enough to right they weren't going to get all of us that's for sure
2: Uh, do you remember I wasn't (laughs) there yeah I know but do you have to at least remember seeing the clip (laughs) when the kid I was right next to a kid and I don't know he was doing like a peg wheelie a dork wheelie or something like a rocket manual or something like that you know and he or whatever he was doing and he ate shit right in the middle of an intersection running a red light and everything you know there's so many that's yeah yeah, yeah yeah and the cop was like on loudspeaker on that clip too like that's why you don't run red lights kid you need a medic or something mm-hmm. like that girl. <laughs> and, you know and it was just, it was just funny but <laughs> they the cops chased us around for a long time and that only
1: got, downtown as yeah. soon as you guys cross the bridge back over into Northside, yeah. nothing, right. And we we'll think about the last years. Dude, I that's where we've I was going with this. have raped and every, that city every single time we cross over to Pittsburgh proper. Though the jam goes downhill,
2: kind of. What we also we either got lose stuff.
1: people uh-huh. or it just turns into less well. less fun or a bust. But either way. Um, we're doing both of them again this year. Yep. Uh, we talked about.
2: We talked about. And we discuss ways to mix it up a little bit and switch things up a little bit. How you know? And we haven't quite yeah. fine tuned that how we're gonna do that. The Pittsburgh one, uh, the HCS one. We I don't think, and I don't. I think you don't think really needs much of that. You know, the HCS one besides the, so besides the attractions at HCS, the, which we the, always do.
1: You know. The problem with the HCS one is how do we even make it better?
2: No, that's not true.
1: We can do that.
2: Ah, I got ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I got ideas. We can do that. Yeah. It's just. well,
1: so, and, But the one thing we should mention about that, we don't have a date yet, but if you are a small company, a small brand, a crew that has product. Yeah. Or a business shop or park. Come table the event.
2: We've wanted to do that for what, probably since right after the first one we talked and how thought.
1: Yep, and we kinda did it last year. Kind of. Breaking free you know, set up a table, awesome. the Yeah set up a table, we, we a had a table. a table. Yeah. And I, no no one else did. But uh, we invited it, but a lot of such, people to. That, no, but, but it was, was kind last of a minute. Last minute. We did thing, it.
2: Yeah, you know. Now it's <laughs> still pretty last minute because these jams are coming up quick, dude. Yeah, I know. Uh, like um you know, we, we do We do invite that, though, you know? I mean, John Lee, you know, John Courts. Yeah. Bring some stuff, you know? Uh, whoever else. Anybody else. Anybody. And we... Uh, Ricky, come on. You made it to the first jam. Let's see you make it out to this one. The first jam, weather washed us out. You still shredded and made it. Second two jams in our, in our Binghamton area. Or the Pittsburgh one, you know? Yeah. There's no excuse. People should make it to the Pittsburgh one.
1: And people should make it to the HCS one. Both of them, yeah. I I mean, mean, um, HCS is my personal favorite.
2: HCS is my favorite too. Um,
1: but that that doesn't mean that the Pittsburgh one is not wild because Pittsburgh one. Pittsburgh. As I mean, we can ride the same spots over and over. Here's why. Here's why. Awesome. We
2: love HCS so much because there's such good riding there you know what i'm saying like there's such good riding there and we love hcs you know pittsburgh has really good riding too but for a jam you know what i'm saying it's easier for us to have a good time and to like get everything we need in containment mm-hmm. there you know and still ride and everything you know it's, it's more of a fun time for us, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've We're, missed... Dude, last jam. I've missed
1: meetings. more than half of the last jam. Yeah. And I missed about three... No, yeah. Almost half of the, the jam the year prior in Pittsburgh because of running back to restock product to give away. And then it's also hard to cut it. Like, you can't just chill. And I've... I've said this a few times on the podcast to different people. I always feel like the Pittsburgh jam leaves the first spot too early because it's the only spot the whole way around. That's a bunch of people hanging out, chatting, having a good time just on the lawn.
0: Yeah.
1: There are so many people there that are just hanging out, having a good time, enjoying the day that... Like, sure, maybe not everyone is riding, but they're not there necessarily to ride. Right. A lot of those dudes don't even follow us the quarter mile down the road to the block. Yeah. They leave after that first spot. Yeah. Right. So I've always felt like we leave that a little bit early. And then you and I know we've had this discussion numerous times in person. And I've talked about it on the podcast. We kill our own jam every single time we say best trick on blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Every single time everyone stops riding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, all right, cool. Guess not. Guess that turn bar (laughs) one person did wins money.
2: You know why we do that is, is because no joke. We have so much stuff that we got to figure out what to do with because we hook these jams up so good and that takes we both know how that yeah. that takes a lot of work.
1: Well oh. and, it, <laughs> and it turns into just this weird battle of like giving stuff away though. Cuz you're like trying to you're like oh here have a shirt and they're like that's not the right size and you're like how about a hat? I don't wear hats. All right man, high five, fine. It's <laughs> yeah. cool trick I guess. Like right. right. Yeah. like I don't know what you want to do. No, we
2: do a good job with it, you know. I mean, think about it, you know, think about mm-hmm. some other jams we're pretty good, you know.
1: Dude, we get enough stuff to hook up two jams. Yeah, we do. But you yeah. know, we're and well, we're not asking realistically, we're only a couple people are really sending enough to support two jams. It's that we're asking so many companies and so many companies support us on our jams. And a lot of them are small companies. We really don't have too many big companies on on the docket each year. Kink FBM. Last year was Merit. The first year was Merit. We right. didn't have them the second year. Right. Hoffman's um,
2: been. Hoffman's always. Hoffman.
1: Been there, yeah. For. Uh, man, I should have printed out a list.
2: Oh yeah, don't think that because because I cause cause I, so many I can't appreciate them. Yeah. But... Hit
1: all of this Eastern. Right. Um, I mean, they, they historically haven't been able to send like a lot of stuff, but they've always supported it even when they don't have a lot to give. Yeah. And, and like, we'll, again, and we'll huge shout out to last Eastern. year. Yeah. But, but yeah. then we get brands like, um, dead crow Army has been a hundred percent backing it every single year. Yeah. Tables and fables. I mean, he's cleaning closets to help give us a jam and a product and a, and everything out there right um nowhere bmx hooked it up last year
2: last year we had saints to sinners they gave us a big box was that a, was that
1: last year i no, think that was it was the year prior yeah that
2: was the year before yep yeah,
1: yeah. super awesome custom stuff yeah uh, the yeah uh i actually
2: don't think i told you but i last year after the jam reached out and i said i i think
1: i saw the the interaction because right. i think you did it on facebook oh uh, yeah i don't know and um yeah because saints to sinners is is a, a bunch of awesome uh local people it's the bankers it, so it's a yeah. bunch of
2: locally known I, you know what i'm saying
1: yeah and and they've always been very supportive of supportive of bmx I would say that they're primarily road and mountain biking now. And they I are. think it's, it's right. just, you know, the way things go. Right. But, um, there are a bunch of bike riders that also like to drink booze and, yep. and, and they got a club. That's what their club is. And yep. it's, it's sweet. They know what they're into and they love it. So, I and mean, they,
2: they <laughs> supported a jam with hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of product, you know, at, mm-hmm. at a, click of a fingers you know just 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 to do it and that's that's what i was getting at is that last year i didn't even reach out to her because we don't give they don't gain anything from us specifically you know what i'm saying at all because Mm -hmm. they their product is like custom for their club and everything like that you know like so that was just a super generous, cool thing. And I was, I'm was i stoked on them as, you know, riders and as, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I, that's why I wanted, you know, that's why I reached out, and they're stoked on it. So everybody's stoked on it. And then I reached out and said, you know, I just didn't want to waste your time and make you invest in any of this, you know what I'm saying? When I, what am I returning to you, you know what I'm saying? So she's like, Cameron, you do know that I just, like, Basically, what she said was, Karen, you do know that I just love BMX or whatever, and I just would support any, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I'd
1: support it any way I can. Right, yeah. Or yeah. Like
2: biking or riding, you know, and I was like, yeah, I do know that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and I mean, that's super awesome right. all around. Yep. And then um, if we're going to shout out people hooking it up, Derek does more for us than we can ever even be thankful for. Uh, yeah. and that 's h c s and spooky action industrial arts, because not only does he let us use his park for what I would say is less money than he should every year right and we um,
2: we, we changed we changed from the first year because we we 've decided that to just basically cover the park expenses is what where we're where we 've decided to go with it you know so mm-hmm. not only that one less excuse for everybody you know that they don 't have to to contribute uh, financially you know even if it was some sort of a t-shirt exchange to get into a jam or you know like to get into the level of contests or, or whatever you know yeah you just um, show up and ride now yeah, instead you of pay the park ride. admission. we got that covered that's not a problem um,
1: but he also always fabricates something new for the park for us uh, whether it's a custom rail that we wanted from him or you know ramps or or that something bike
2: that I had. I gave him that red line and he did the rail bike that I, you know. Yep.
1: That was insane. And to top all of that off, he makes the sickest trophies to give away every single year for us. Right. And, you know, we, it's like, I don't even think that anyone that's seen them on Instagram or anything can appreciate how detailed and wild these trophies are. Right. And... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's being conveyed, but it's, like, so appreciative every single year of that. Right. And, I mean, realistically... They they run the
2: kitchen, usually, you know, so they get all the food, and they cook the food, and then they they, they set that up, because the jams at HCS, we got a full kitchen going, usually, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. So, yeah, just so many good things and uh, i guess that's shout out to jacqueline as well for cooking and i mean that's not that easy because every single year her parents come up to help out with that whole ordeal as well yeah so it's like they got to staff up essentially to make this happen for us and yeah
2: and the park. i mean he has to do he does all the like we go as well, and you especially, and and thank James. God, shout out all, to James. Shout out to James, and and uh, Ben and John came last
1: yeah. year to help out, uh, really right towards the end. But
2: actually, speaking of all of those three guys, right now, yeah, we're about to we're about to put together a committee, and uh, so those three names right there, I know. Well, especially the two of them for New York side of things, you know, I'm gonna need to hit you guys up because. We got some preparations that we gotta get underway over here, you know. So preparation
1: H, preparation H, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, there's there's just so much to do with that. That
2: yeah, and I know, and I texted you two weeks ago or whatever, you know, and I'm like, man, what can we do this year? it's come across more than two weeks ago you know what i'm saying but like, yeah what yeah, yeah. You no do well it was year, it know? was like, right
1: after swamp fest that you texted yeah. me and i mean the only answer i have is spend more than a week on it because i mean i'm not in the area anymore to to be up here to help out with that in advance and like we're always scrambling last minute to even get the park cleaned up prepped and rideable, like. This last year was pretty good but the year prior like the parking lot was in such disrepair that we had to chip some of it out and mix concrete and like re repair some of some of like the bottoms and everything on on different parts of the the landing for the the handrail and then like some of the like blend between the concrete and the blacktop we had to pour concrete. No. And, I know. I between, mean
2: it, it, it's to put a successful Jam together, from the phone calls and emails and the correspond and the shipping and the everything and the getting things lined up and ordered and and, and everything ordered and, and set up and paid for and everything. It's a that alone is a lot of work. And then, particularly with the HCS one every year, you guys especially like how I was getting that too. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like is all that maintenance that you're talking about, the concrete and the ramp rottage and the different stuff like that, you know? Yeah, the, the well, and building we, something new. Something like that, building something new, but we take, we will, like, repaint stuff and, like, just total good maintenance, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, do weeding of all of the cracks in the, in the uh, you know, uh, asphalt and concrete yeah. and stuff like that, you know, and, and blowing, whatever it takes, you know? But um, it's a lot of work. And,
1: and I mean not to discount that with the street jam too like you quote unquote don't have to do it but the street jam like the week prior you're kind of riding around making sure stuff's not broken because you don't want to go somewhere that got capped and you didn't realize it making sure stuff is waxed making even just dropping a piece of wax at different spots so that you don't have to carry them around with you right and then just if there's like broken glass, you got to kind of sweep it up. Like there's a lot of prep work that goes into running a good street jam too. Yeah. And you can just show up and wing it. We've done that. I've done it both ways. Right. Um, I don't think you could necessarily tell which ones I did either one on. Right. But... Like I mean, I I had stuff waxed and worn in and like super cleaned up, that was probably never even rideable before, and we didn't even go there. Right. And then right. I'm like, well, that's hilarious, but it's still a spot and it's still cool, and I'm still glad that I did it. Um, I don't feel like, I don't know, we we gotta. After this year, there may be some changes, is all I'm going to say about the way we're doing some stuff, at least to put a fresh perspective on it and to mix it up. And I don't know. I know that that was. That all was we talked about uh, particularly that right after for the Pittsburgh. last
2: jam, but then this jam just snuck up on us. And, you know, and we're not, not doing, you know what I'm saying? So.
1: Um, I'm going to say that that whole scenario from last year with the third jam that, that happened but didn't happen. Uh, From a personal note, just totally bummed me out, and I really took a break from the social media side. I I mean I don't think we posted on the grindworks Instagram for nearly a month after the jam, right? And I think I took two or three just to edit the jam videos because I was so. Over it for a minute after the way that situation played out, right. and I'm like, you know what? It's nobody's fault that showed up to this jam that's expecting a sick edit or expecting to see their clips put out, and and it's not fair to anyone. It's not, and it's not doing us any good to not have it out there either. So,
2: well, I went to that jam that you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I. Uh, uh, basically, what I felt is is that I didn't have high ex- I, I didn't have much different expectations than kind of exactly what happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My gut and my expectations kind of leaned toward. I, I,
1: not, you know, Me kind too. Of toward as soon that, as it was gonna as happen. soon as it started to go that way, I was not surprised. Right. And and but I it doesn't mean I was. I didn't on.
2: really even. Mm-hmm. I guess I was just like so already processed that that didn't bother me as much. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, and I still went, and I still rode and whatever because it, the person that uh, really probably was the fork in that situation wasn't even there. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't even mm-hmm. at the event. You know, uh, so
1: yeah, I know. And then, I mean, on top of that, the thing that like bum me out about it the most was not even involving us it was involving another group that was supposed to be involved in that but also when the date got moved for the order of convenience of hijacking the event and then i wasn't even able to show up to what was supposed to be our event no or a mixed event i like i couldn't even go because of that definitely
2: i i definitely had no expectation i my expectations were what happened you know so it was different because what literally a flyer got made for it you remember that yeah but and it was just
1: blown up and that blew it right there there was no fixing what happened right but but no the date got shifted if you remember it was set for one date right two weeks after our second jam so, we were going to have jam, week off, jam, week off, jam. It got shifted to a date that I couldn't make. Right. And I'm like, well, if you guys need to do it that day, that's fine. And then the flyer came out where it had been hijacked to right. correspond to, you to their other event. And I'm like, great. So, it is what it is. It's all water under the bridge. Um But I definitely, like, it. basically, it just, like, burned me out on it for for a month or so. And I just didn't have a lot of motivation to do anything. Right. Plus, ever since Ryder was born, at that point, I still had the ice house. Right. So I was trying to make ends meet with that. Right. Through the end of our lease. Then I was doing the teardown on that. Then straight from that, I was hustling to help with the jams. And by the time that second jam was done, I just needed to decompress anyway and actually spend time with the baby and my wife and like, holy crap. Right. So like I had a, you know, that was six and a half, seven months after the baby was born before I was like free (laughs) yeah so that was kind of cool there as well to just not worry about it but yeah i mean i'm i'm looking at you know as soon as we get our flyer but we have to confirm dates for the binghamton jam uh i mean we can drop the date for the pittsburgh one i don't really care this isn't gonna go up for like four weeks at this point yeah' Cause I so there's three interviews that I have already done and recorded, and they're ready to post, and I haven't posted them yet,
2: so the date's going to drop theoretically in the real world before, before this, this is even right. yeah so that it, this, you know
1: since so uh July thirteenth is the date we came up with for the Pittsburgh jam yep, which I'm going to be on vacation right up until then. I'll be getting back to Pittsburgh to have the jam.
2: You know what, I very well could be too, because I haven't, I got to put my vacation request in.
1: But, um, you know, we, uh, we always have some floor space and stuff. It's obviously cluttered with baby toys, but we can make stuff work. I know dudes travel from pretty far. A lot of the time they stay with me out of convenience, but it's not necessarily always necessary. So I'll extend that to anyone that wants to hit me up, and I know Tyler has said the same since he owns a house now.
2: Yeah, shout out! I'll I'll uh I'll take so. Tyler's bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, James has one. He might not even be around for it. James yeah. lives with Tyler now. Yeah. And uh, James is gone four weeks out of every month. We. <laughs> Three to four weeks out of every month. Right. So, you know, and maybe home on a weekend here or there. But he's gone every week. So... So Tyler just takes care of his cat, basically. Yeah. Tyler's Tyler's just a cat sitter. A cat sitter. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But James is paying rent for his cat. (laughs) Sweet. Um, Yeah. But, I mean... It is what it is, right? You, you can't not have your cat when you're working Generally, a traveling a, a job. Place to
2: come home to is
1: nice too. Yeah. Well, weird. I was joking with him about this yesterday actually that as much as he travels, he's in a hotel for weeks on end, he has so many free nights. At hotels and stuff, so and it's like, year, but but home three is days your vacation. To a week that he could come home, and he could just yeah. stay
2: at a hotel. Yeah, <laughs> at well, home, like he could just really live wherever he wanted to. Actually, yeah.
1: <laughs> but you're like coming home is your vacation, like, because he's traveling all over from like North Dakota all the way down to Florida and everywhere in between. So there's no way. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's a perfect job for a single guy like that. Hmm.
1: Dude, and, like, just getting per diem and everything and getting paid and plus, like, all the overtime involved with that. And, I mean, we all know James before he has this job where he would come out to help out and prep for the jam for a week. He'd come out a week early, and he would eat cans of soup off of, like, a little sterno cooker. <laughs> Or
2: a loaf of bread and a bu- bu- uh, peanut butter and jelly and, j- jar, you know?
1: And he would live off of $5 for the entire week right? while we were prepping HCS. And it's like, by the end of that, we're like, James, let us buy you dinner for helping out. yeah, like, yeah. please. Right. And I, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I'm fairly confident he's living the exact same way while he's on the road doing these jobs.
2: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, holy cow, man! Two two hours probably, and we I, we haven't even touched anything about the past of grindworks, really. The future of grindworks? The, the do we? I mean,
1: how can we talk about the future, right? Future
2: of <laughs> grindworks? I don't know. You don't
1: know, 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 what we know, we could do. We
2: gotta get some stickers ordered, and I've been.
1: Let's do a bunch of visual stuff that that the people, because they're not even gonna see it on the YouTube one this time ha
2: ha ha oh yeah you want to so drop like, our new line right now? i mean yeah
1: yeah let's <laughs> yeah. show all the new shirts right show here. season uh
2: three right here um
1: yeah. i mean check out the shirt you're wearing yep Is and and the one i've got on and like yeah. you see these shoes these yep. shoes are pretty tight yeah i actually need new ones if we want to talk about shoes but yeah i did see that matt did a shoe episode on his podcast There's something,
2: or at least one of them that had emphasis on shoes. Uh, there's like a couple I that have emphasis on I, shoes. I said, I, uh, his podcast uh, I can, I'm interested in it. I have, I'm way behind on podcasts, you know. But His
1: I, and Mike Hinkins are yeah. probably my two favorites to listen to. Um, Dennis Anderson has a pretty good one. Kyle Carlson's uh, His general person he's talking to is not usually my, like, go-to uh, person. Because he travels a lot for Vital and does a lot of contest stuff. So he's usually talking to a lot of contest guys. And I don't yeah. really care. But uh, I still, I've listened to every single one of his so far. Uh, I'm finally getting caught up and not... I'm not caught up. I'm not even close to caught up. But I'm tapped into the BMX and our blood stuff. And then there's the Space Brothers podcast, which I haven't even touched yet. And there's a bunch of hot names in that list. But, yeah, I mean, we don't have to do everything all in one one sitting here. I haven't had any repeat guests yet, but... I know that that's gonna happen and at some point I'm gonna be doing one that's like a kind of like a self review and I don't want to do it alone I want to have someone that's been on one that listens to them all right uh, because I already made a bunch of changes from on the YouTube side like Brant sug- highly suggested and like Uh, Nearly demanded, but he was right, and it was in my plans anyway to get the cameras higher and not look up at you. Um, Which, essentially, I was planning on building the box anyway, but I needed to build something extra. That would then segregate the vibration off the table, because every time I touched the table, the cameras would shake. It was killing me that it was happening. And then the audio got better um this one this is a whole new venture right here doing this without my normal setup kind of on the fly i'm sure you're gonna hear the fact that it was raining the whole time yeah you'll hear every vehicle that drove by yep Yep. um and a whole bunch of other stuff but you know, there's, anyway, there's been Andy a bunch of... Uh, yeah, I yeah. did. Too bad we don't have, like, smell-o-vision. let just send that to them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Trust um, me, you don't want that.
2: Stuck in a car with this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, all right. <laughs> You've told me you missed me after I farted. <laughs> okay, come You're on. You're like, I missed that. Uh, and I'm like, what are you talking about? All right, <laughs> Yeah, I know Um, But anyway, like we've done all these improvements in the podcast As we've moved along Even including uh, Like I was putting the intro right into the initial recording This is podcast, blah 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 number With so and so And then I would do my intro for you right in front of you But we don't even know what we've talked about yet Or what we're going to talk about or anything and makes it really hard to do an intro when we haven't talked yet. Right. So then the outro where I have to drop all the socials and like do the like, comment, subscribe garbage just feels extra corny in front of anyone because it is extra corny. But
2: I have no idea. I feel like we sat here for two hours and talked, and I didn't cover really much. No, know, no, like, I mean like, we get, we're also like we I just ta- scratched we were the surface. We You're talking know? about like growing up and riding in Arizona and stuff, and I'm like, in hindsight, I'm like, wow,
1: hey, you breathed really, over a lot uh, of it. We
2: really did, yeah, right? You know, like we really that was just a really uh, um, bland, you know. But anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, we it's, did. It's we okay. Still had two hours of constant conversation here that was, you know.
1: Easier than you thought. Right. So, but anyway, yeah, I mean, just as far as all that those improvements have gone, I would still like to sit down and do the objective, like, okay, so we've done all this. Is it better? Like, I've made these changes, but is it really better? You know what changed? Or did I, it not matter?
2: You know, the only change that I think is better and that matters, truthfully, is the fact that you it doesn't have to be on video anymore, and that it's not just YouTube-driven, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That was a pain for me, because I would have yeah. it like... First of all, there was no benefit for me to watch, really. You know what I'm uh, saying? Fully like, agree.
1: Uh, and Other than checking out how awesome both our shirts are right now. Uh, right,
2: yeah. And
1: <laughs> I had to... There, It's a lot more
2: feasible for me to have it on... In the garage when I'm working or in the house when I'm doing something or when I'm working on the house or whatever, you know. Well and
1: then the next time you pull up your phone and want to listen to the podcast, it picks up where you left off.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not like, oh I gotta go figure out that I was at thirty four twenty five Yeah, that screwed in me. The up in the YouTube video big
2: time, you know, that just made me be like, Oh, you know, skip you know, forget about the end of that or whatever, you know. But
1: um So I don't know if you know the whole story behind a lot of that. I wanted to do the, the audio only right from the beginning, but I didn't want to pay for um, SoundCloud. Right. Cause SoundCloud's 12 bucks a month to be able to upload more than three hours worth of audio. And I'm like, dude, if you're like a random mumbo rapper, three hours is a lot of tracks. If you're doing podcasts at two hours a piece, it's not even two episodes that you can have on there at a time. Right. So I'm like, I'm not paying 144 bucks a year to upload audio when I can sit there on YouTube and upload video for free in unlimited quantities. Yeah. So I did a lot of research to find the place that I'm now using, which for anyone interested in uploading uh, anything that you want shared to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the like um anchor.fm is the site that i'm using uh if you're currently using soundcloud they will transfer everything over for you and relink all of your accounts but i had to do nothing for my podcast to be pushed to spotify apple google all i did was upload to anchor and they do all of it
2: that's
1: and it's free wow so <laughs> that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean- and they have monetization options if i wanted them huh. but then they play ads and i'm like money is not the reason i'm doing this um and if you want to support grindworks rather than monetizing the podcast i'd say go buy a shirt go buy stickers go buy our pegs come out to our jams Shout us out, tag us in your posts on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and just interact with us. Say hey, uh, right. anything like that is greatly appreciated. Right. And. That, that any Binghamton dudes too? You know that goes out to
2: you know, whatever we whatever we could do to make the Binghamton scene stronger and better. You know I. I'm willing to hear it, you know, and, and do whatever that
1: takes. Bygones Mm -hmm. be bygones, you know, and whatever. So, but, uh, um, you know what Cam really likes is if next time you see him at the park, sit all the way across the park from him and just keep subtly flipping him off while you're at the park.
2: Oh yeah. No, (laughs) I'm not no bygones
1: be bygones in that situation. No, fuck that. (laughs) But, but seriously, if, if you know who cam is just subtly flip him off over and uh, over yeah and keep a straight face while you do it yeah. and
2: right and don't don't explain that it was a joke until you've already uh
1: <laughs> s- soiled
2: the situation beyond repair
1: <laughs> yeah so um we'll we'll go uh, wrap here because it has been over two hours now and Why don't you drop your social media accounts so that people can follow you and see your day-to-day life and what you're up to, and then uh, we'll we'll close this
2: out. Motorcycles now. Um, In the garage, that's what made me think of that. Uh, So if you don't know already, I mean, mostly I just use Facebook and Instagram, but Tarantula is my Instagram, so a lot of you might might know that or seen it on the grindworks page or whatever you know but that is me so yep
1: it's at t-u-r-a-n-n-n-t-u-l-a yeah
2: yep yep and then uh facebook is just cameron turan you know but yeah at any given time yeah andy's always running the instagram you know i i uh never butt in on the instagram but one or two uh, occasionally right I, and my phone's constantly going off on the grindworks Instagram, but uh, you know I'm not uh, involved. You know I don't even get delve into that. Cam this.
1: likes to post something thirty seconds after I just posted something. Sure, that's happened. On my like two hour increments of posting when I'm actively posting. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like on the nose every single two hours, and then all of a sudden I've posted fifteen seconds after Cam posted something, and I'm like. Hey. No, Dude, it doesn't. You never post anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't always. It's n- multiple users on one Instagram account is a whole different discussion. You know what i mean? saying? It's just a pain. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyways. On yeah. a
1: side note, um, Cam sets all of his emails up on every single mailing list he's ever been a part of to his grindworksbmx.com email. And I get all of his emails for where he works and, like, coupons that he signed up for and all sorts of stuff. Jeez.
2: <laughs> nice. I don't even access that email
1: anymore. Yeah. And no, I get them all for you. Don't worry about <laughs> nice. it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I hit unsubscribe to almost all of them. Oh, gosh. Probably had a lot of emails in there. Like Plato's Closet. I'm like... I don't live near you. Yeah. Why am I getting these emails? Right. <laughs> to Cam at Grindworks. I never BMF. figured com. out.
2: I still don't know. So we still have an active domain emails and everything like that? Yeah. After this. I this. I
1: took ownership of it all. Right. But yeah, I kept I kept it all the same. Yeah. But yeah, they just pushed to our Gmail accounts. So. Right. Yeah. But uh, fun fact, you can email whatever you want at grindworksbmx.com and we'll get it. Yep. So you can email.
2: I love tight trannies.
1: Yep. I love tight trannies at grindworksbmx.com and yep. we'll get that email. Yes. Or um, cam's a giant bag of dicks. Yes. We'll get that one too. Yes. Um, yep. AV farts and it smells real bad and kills small children. That's That's on there. Yep. You can email that at grindworksbmx.com, and we'll get it. Mm-hmm. And it is you what it is. You can email
2: scooterlove at grindworksbmx.com. And yeah, we but will the, ignore And, the, <laughs> and we will totally ignore it. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: um, yeah. You you have a Snapchat. Do you use your Snapchat? No, but I have one, yeah. Same thing, I think. Tarantula? tarantula. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Snapchat a bunch of stuff that you that Cam doesn't want to his tarantula Snapchat. Yeah. You can sneak a couple things he does want to see in there, but yeah. I mean, for the most part, everything I get on Snapchat, I'm like, why did I get this? Snapchat. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I was in a Snapchat back and forth with Josh one time, and. This girl that I was hanging out with at the time had a nasty tattoo across her butt. And I gave him a... I won't forget that Snapchat that I sent him. Cause <laughs> it was a good one anyways. But.
1: It's probably in your like history on there. You can right. probably retrieve it. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we were supposed to do this podcast like a few weeks ago, last time I was up here. And it didn't happen. So I'm glad we were able to work it out, even though uh Sam didn't make it happen and couldn't couldn't work it out but
2: yeah maybe that's what we'll do I mean we'll definitely just do a Sam and me and you five, you know and then I'm that thinking will be the one.
1: when you guys come down to Pittsburgh for the jam we can actually do like the proper one sitting in the same room with the cameras and stuff Right Yeah but ideally I'll get him solo then prior to that Right
0: Yeah Yeah but But
1: uh That's it. Um, I'll record an outro after this, so I guess uh, thanks for checking it out. Yeah, bye. All right, thanks for checking that out. Hopefully the audio all sounded good. A little bit of an experience trying to figure that all out. Uh, I thought everything went well. I thought everything sounded good, but I am not you, the listener, and I'm curious what you guys think so i know it's a little bit harder to comment and everything on the podcast apps uh, if you have a moment hit up the youtube it's just a picture posted up as the backdrop for this episode uh leave me a comment there leave me a comment on instagram uh at grindworks underscore bmx that's the same on twitter uh shoot me a snapchat of you listening to it or whatever else you want to snapchat me um or Grindworks BMX on Facebook, uh, Mixer, YouTube, um, Anchor. I don't know. We're we're kind of on everything at this point. So if I missed it, I'm probably on there. But Instagram's the easiest. Just hit us up on there. Check out our website, www.grindworksbmx.com. i post all these i post products um we just got a fresh batch of stickers in that i have not shown you yet so you should be pretty stoked on those post those up they probably will be on instagram by the time this gets posted but not by much so thanks for checking this episode out uh next episode should be derek nelson and his brother andy nelson uh sat down, it's a little bit less formal, mostly just uh, kicking it, hanging out, making jokes, so hopefully that's enjoyable. Uh, if it's not, then you'll pick up on the next podcast, uh, you know, when it's a little bit more conventional, formatted, back to the videos and everything. I know most of you probably don't see the video at this point, you're listening on the podcast apps or anything, so that's cool. But uh, thanks for checking this episode out and enjoy your day.